0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm pumped to be joined by the Hockey Hall of Famer, Al Morgani, and our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer, Joe Fordyce. Guys, I think Danny Briere definitely showed that he's, he means business by being open for business. His uh, first trade as Flyers GM is a big one. He moves Ivan Provov to the Blue Jackets. You can read more about the details on the trade at our website, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. But this was definitely a future-centric trade for the Flyers. They get three picks uh, in return, one a first-round pick this year, and they get three players, one of them a prospect. Al, just how surprised were you by this trade, maybe the timing of it, or the player being moved? What did you think?
1: Well, if you want to be surprised at all, it would be the timing, I guess, during the Stanley Cup Finals is – most leagues don't like this stuff to happen, although it's happened in every league anymore. It doesn't seem to matter. Um, but I'm not surprised by Provorov being moved. I'm um, having talked to him so much over the past two, three years here. I don't think he was happy here, and I don't think they were happy with his progress here. It's supposed to be a mainstay defenseman and hasn't turned out that way. So I, I think uh, he'll be happy to go, and I, and I think the Flyers are going to be happy to really get this rebuild kicked in. Uh, and I like the fact that, you know, as you said, they mean business. Uh, they're not waiting around for anything. So this is a this is, I believe, a first the first domino. And what I really like about this is it's 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 not a simple trade. There, you can see that there's other other things in motion here that it sets up for the future, for future moves, for money being taken on Provera, for short term shorter term contracts coming back. So I like the future planning as well as what what they did immediately on a player that. Simply wasn't going to be here next year,
2: Al. Um, so we've talked a lot about how much this team has to do, and do you think that the the what do you think the potential of them getting this twenty second pick and possibly packaging that with the seventh to move up even higher in this draft? Uh, there's been a lot of talk about all the guys that are going to be available and how deep this draft is. What do you think the, the chances of them exploring that are?
1: I think that's the one big move that could be made. Um, I think you know, there's a Russian player that's really highly skilled uh, that, you know, you don't think is going to be available, but you never know. You make a move, the goalie's in play. So I, I think that is something that could happen, but I don't think they'll force it. In other words, I don't think this is a case of they have something in mind immediately. And, you know, this is why we did this. This will work. This would work either way for them. And I think they'll try to put something together. And either way, I don't think it's for next you know, next year immediately. I'll give somebody some time to come up. But that's the right track I'm thinking of. It's like, yeah, this gives them some options. What do they call it? optionality if you're covering the Sixers? There's some optionality here on, on what they can do with this. But I think, uh, Joe, they'd be more than satisfied if it didn't turn out that way, if they made a play to move up and it didn't happen. As you mentioned, it's supposedly a very deep draft. And uh, had to be in the first round, even at low, you could still get somebody uh, and they can rebuild that way. And I also think it, it shows you when we talked about player development earlier, they, you know, one of the players' problems was you, you look at uh, Sanon, you look at Proverb, you look at other players, you think, what happened? And I think this is a case of when they were talking earlier, like, we have to get our player development better. I think this is a clear indication that you have to get their, that they, they are going to get their player development better.
0: Al, on the surface, I believe a lot of people feel the Flyers made out pretty well with this trade, uh, given what they got in return. But it's certainly possible that Ivan Provrov gets better, and he's only 26, and he does a lot of things well, too. Is there any possibility that the Flyers maybe regret moving Provrov in a couple of years? Like, how do you see it?
1: I don't know that they'd regret it because the player didn't seem happy here. And I think this – I'm I actually think I actually think he could be a better, should be a better player. Um, I think the problem is he thinks he's a player, an offensive, more of an offensive player. And I think here they, you know, the way Tortorella wants to play and I, you know what, I really think when he gets to Columbus, they're going to want the same thing uh, that that's st- that style of play. And I think he, he wants a more offensive game. And you know, it's frustrating for us to watch because, we're as guilty as anybody, or I'm as guilty as anybody, watched him his first year and thought, my God, this guy's really going to be a terrific player. And his power play just never panned out. Uh, He never got the shot through or very infrequently. So I think there was frustration there. But I don't think that this is a case of the Flyers are are sending a player who's not very good. I think there's a lot of upside to his game. I don't know if he's that number one guy that we all thought they had early, early in his career. But I think it can be a, in this league, you know, you look at what, you'll go Ristolainen. <laughs> unhappy with him in Buffalo, he comes here unhappy for a while, and then he has a pretty good season coming coming in. So anytime you get a defenseman with the upside that Progrub has, I think they'll be I think they'll be more than happy with him.
2: Yeah, I found it interesting that it seemed like a lot of the issues here were he, and you mentioned it as he, Kind of maybe he thinks a little high, more highly of himself than the coaching staff did, or you know, and that maybe he should be the he should be quarterbacking the power play and those sort of things. Now he's going to a situation where they have Zach Wierenski coming back from missing a, a, almost a whole season, on an injury, and you would figure that Provorov is not going to play above him on the power play. So no,
1: you wouldn't think so. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, so
2: I mean, it it almost seems like the same kind of situation he's going through in Columbus.
1: But I think he'll be happier hearing it from somebody else. I think sometimes when you hear it another another voice saying the same thing, even though this voice, I mean, you know, with with what's gone on there is a little bit different, but I do think they have that team has the potential with some of their higher skilled players to play a fat, a, a more skilled game. And I think that's what made him frustrated here. We're well, not just him. I think he was frustrated in just the way they were playing the game. uh, that they want he was a more risky. He wanted to be a more risky a team that was a bit riskier, a bit higher end talent to take those risks. And I think he'll be I think that would suit him a little bit more. I'm not so sure that it will. I I think he may be more of a defensive defenseman than he thinks he is. And that may be his future in the league. But there's no doubt if they find the right buttons to push with him. Uh, they're going to have a pretty good player there. And on a pretty good team, so I wouldn't be surprised if he has a, a darn good year there in Columbus.
0: Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Al, I know it's probably a loaded and very broad question, <laughs> but <laughs> – I'm going to ask you, what could be next? What could be the next trade? The next player (laughs) that Briere thinks is not a part of this, and they want to get more assets.
1: Well, I mean, Kevin Hayes' name's been out there all. uh, D'Angelo, we don't. This is really curious because with the power play, you know, the two people that ran the power play uh, from the point, um, from you know, from wherever on the ice, uh, D'Angelo and Provorov, and so I think D'Angelo might that might be. What's going to happen at the trade deadline? To see what happens there, so that's a move that could be made. Hayes certainly is a move that can be made, but it was very um, interesting when Danny Barrera publicly mentioned that you know a guy like Carter Hart was available, which basically in real speak means our whole roster is available. <laughs> it's basically what it what it says. Not that he wants to get rid of anybody, but it's like whatever will make us better, whatever will will have a better foundation for the future we're all ears in this thing. Um so I think that, that that certainly would be the next next the next steps to happen. Hayes, D'Angelo, and I think certainly at the draft, what's you know, most people are upset, and understandably, it's like you had a year where all this talent, why wouldn't this tear down happen a year before? And the answer to that is because they didn't know Katuria and Atkinson were going to be injured. And that's and, and frankly in this league, few teams just totally tank. So I think that's that's the answer to that. So this will be the draft where they go hunting for more draft picks.
2: Al, um, so Danny used the term in today's press conference, open for business. <laughs> so if you are a, a player on this team who we assume won't be moved, uh, an Atkinson, a Couturier, a guy – what's your mental state approaching this next season? When you hear the GM say we're open for business and pretty much everything is everything's on the table. The cards have all been laid out on the table now and you know, you still have to go play next season, the season after that. And everyone has kept up this message that this is going to take a while, but now you, I, I feel like it was John Tortorella driving that message from for last season and now you have multiple people driving the message um home whenever they have an opportunity to do so
1: well I mean if you're asking how do you play if you don't think you're in it to win it basically you're not the Detroit Red Wings from the 90s or whatever um because you're a pro because of the, for the young players you're we're making a career uh for a guy like Couturier it's a comeback for a guy like Sanheim it's going to be pushed to be, be, what, be what you should be, be. Develop into what we supposed you were going to be. If you're a risk-aligning, it's earn your money. Make the hits that you're supposed to have. So, I mean, I, I think this is um, – it's not – the NHL, unlike some others, it's, it's virtually um, – look at what happened this year with teams that were supposedly tanking. they winning games at the end of the year, and, and not, nothing seemed – once they hit the ice, it doesn't really matter uh, because of the physicality of the sport. So I don't think the message is surrender by any means. I think the message is be a part we want to find out who's going to be a part of this when it all kind of blossoms if 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 it happens if they to, to go into Sirianni's garden who's going who who is going to be in this garden whenever all of a sudden it's starting to look really good
2: yeah it's interesting because um what was it? The Florida Panthers only made the playoffs because Pittsburgh couldn't beat right. Columbus at home, correct?
1: Right, they couldn't, and, and Pittsburgh couldn't do it. And, and they, you know, Bobrovsky was playing terrible. So you get in, but what they have, I mean, Florida was a multi-talented team compared to the Flyers. You, you know, the year before, every year, I think they're going to win the cup because of what they've got. Yeah. But I've got such talented players. And then they got Bobrovsky, who was off his game. Then, then, and that's frankly why they won their playoff rounds coming in. He was so good, which is why it's wild to hear Carter Hart's name in all of this, because at his age, he really could be a part of this on the other end. And you've talked, you both have talked to him. I've talked to him. No way does he seem frustrated to be here, Um, seems to like playing here. He went through all of his struggles, you know, that, that, that year he had a, you know, horrible mental issues because things were just melting down in front of him. Um, but I, but if, that's, if they get a haul for him, I mean, a real haul, I think they would do it. I just don't, I never see goaltender trades. Goaltender trades are different than signing a goaltender free agent. Goaltending trades don't usually get you that haul. Even even a young guy like Hart and there's been other issues with Hart with his junior team and everything. And I, I don't know that you get a haul for Hart right now.
0: Yeah, I think Danny Breer has said since March when he took over his interim GM that the Flyers would be willing to listen to anything <laughs> and everything. So that means Carter Hart and that means everyone on the roster. So yeah, I'm with y'all. I don't think they're gonna be too uh quick or um they're not gonna make a rash decision yeah. on Carter Hart.
1: unless you have a team like there are teams where you put him in Edmonton, my lord. But you'd have to get that hall. There, there, you hold that card, so that you're going to have to go get. And they've got stuff. I mean, for sure they've got. You're not going to get. You're not going to get McJesus out of there. But you can. You You know, you certainly can get a. You can get some some talented players there if he if he fits there. So I mean, certainly there would be some uh, interest going that way. And and I think what you see here is. Danny Brier, just looking at the entire landscape. Danny, along with Keith Jones, just you know, what what do we have to do? What, where are we going to get better? Where what players are we going to pick up, and how good is this draft? This is going to rely heavily on wh- how you scout this draft. Like they're they're at a point now. Like at this point with this draft, they simply can't miss. And we won't know one one year, probably a second year or third year. But that's the pressure right now. The pressure now is to make, make hay with what you've got here, uh, with the moves that you've got. Don't make those mistakes. And secondarily, almost as important, when you get a player, uh, make sure that they develop better than what's been happening here. What's been happening here is, man, I mean, how many times have we seen the a player's skill level look like it's supposed to be here and then it, it sort of drops? And you can understand one year at a drop, like a pro rub okay, it's a rough year, and then he'll rebound a little bit. But that hasn't been the case. It's been, what the case has been is they flat, they have a pretty good start, and they're like, look at that. And then they, they don't kind of uh, make the most out of those talents uh, to, to coach them up or whatever to make them fulfill. And if you're, if you're another team looking at the Flyers, you certainly could, and we mentioned it with Proverb, you say, man, that, there's, really, there's a lot more there than what they're getting out of him. So that's what they have to be careful of with that. Uh, with Provorov, it was more a case of, I don't, I don't think it was going to work here. And it had nothing to do with the off-ice stuff. I think it was all on-ice stuff. And although I don't think he would have won Mr. Popularity, um, but he, he, he wasn't a, I didn't look at him as a a, a negative. Um, I mean, he never said much that, that, that you could come down on his teammates. Um, and my Lord, he played hard. And I wonder if where he goes, they won't they won't allow him to play that many minutes. And maybe that will be the key to getting him up to where he should be.
2: I wanted to follow up with you on what you just mentioned there about the minutes. Um, early in his career, he had that playoff series where he was in tears on the bench at the end of the at the end of the and It was a shoulder injury, I believe, if I remember correctly. And he could barely lift his arm. And it just seemed like from that point forward, he was never the same player. Do you think the minutes and the, the, the amount of time he was playing every game was his ultimate undoing here? Or do you think it was a combination of things?
1: I think the minutes, you could tell at the end of games. I think mentally he made errors at the end of games. Uh, turnovers, uh, forced plays that shouldn't have been... Uh, and I guess you can look at that as mentally grueling minutes that he played, um, but they didn't have many options when when you looked at it. And, and he could just—I uh, mean, he was a horse. He didn't look physically tired, but he did look like he made mental mistakes toward the ends of games on on turno. Was more than more than a few times. Then again, when it went to overtime, pretty darn good player. Uh, when you went when you went to that, you know, that skill. Some highlight that, real
2: game-winning yeah, goals yeah, over yeah, the past
1: weeks. Yeah, really, but in a. And uh, you pressured him, and the other, the other point was, for a if you want to be a number one defenseman, and that's what he was projected to be he really had trouble with the pace of the game, um, when to slow it down, um, when to move it ahead quickly. He didn't have that he multi- didn't have multiple gears. Uh, and, and a lot of young players don't have that. It, it takes a little bit to realize where you are time and score. Uh, to 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 kind of pace a game that's still to come in his game, so uh maybe they 'll get that out of him there, but here it was uh he he really he really cost them at times late late in games, and I do think it was mentally grueling on him some of and I also think he's one of those guys that when he made a mistake it, it was hard for him to rebound from it in that same game
0: yeah, I think he definitely became somewhat partner dependent here, and I felt like. Huh. like Flyers fans were expecting him not to be that they, they thought he'd be the number one and he'd be the one you know taking his guy into the fight um al my my final question for you is i i feel a lot of people want danny Briere to do well they like him but they wanted to see something happen first to to judge him at least to start do you feel like he maybe generated some faith in the fan base with how creative and how big this deal was and how early really
1: Yeah, I I do. I think just as, as you just mentioned, the fact that it happened, uh, you know, while the playoffs are going on and going into the draft. And it's amazing to me how much talk the Flyers have now generated in a matter of a month um, to like the Sixers switch coaches and the Flyers headline grabbing, which has been missing for what, two and a half years or whatever. suddenly even if it's unhappiness or if it's uh, derision, it's, it's right up there. It's like, now they know what they're doing. So, I mean, this, this is what they needed in terms of um, the public buying back in. Um, so, but this is not, this was not certainly a trade to make the public love you in terms of what you got. Look, they got rid of a player that they've been counting as a number one defenseman. They brought back, you know, goaltender of the, probably nobody even knows a player hardly anybody knows it's like and, and you're talking about draft picks so you don't know who they're going to be at the one at the bottom of the draft in the first round but the important part is it's like all right we now see that you that you have this plan at least that's kind of laid out and it's not one step one step forward one step back it looks like you know you really are committed to this now so it's a uh, it's, it's really curious to me that a move like this that doesn't – it's so anti what you're used to in the old days with the Flyers, like go buy the biggest toy, uh, to have this and people say, yeah, I like this. This is good. We, we lost what we could have been a number one defenseman or we don't know what we're getting, but we're happy. So that's, that's where you are right now. And I think that they, they've done a good job. They've done a real good job in, in selling their commitment and op- being open about what they're doing right now.
2: Yeah, I I think you can't understate the consistency in the message Um, really since John Tortorella took over. Because when Chuck Fletcher was here, you had, of course, the uh, aggressive retool sort of um, quote that might go. uh, It's not going to go down with the Vince Young dream team quote, but it's, you know, it's in the mix of quotes that are going to be remembered for all the wrong reasons in this town. And that message didn't translate to the ice. And I feel like so far with Tortorella's message and then Danny Breer and Jonesy with the same message and then their first move is a creative one that falls right in line with that message. I think that has a lot to do with the buy-in is that Everyone seems to be on the same page, and I think you just mentioned about the headlines not being grabbed for the last two and a half years. I feel like the consistency and the messaging from the team has also been missing for that same amount of time. Really, since the bubble um, playoffs in Toronto, and and I think that has a lot to do with this.
1: Yeah, and they've been honest about it. I mean, and and you know, as much as Fletcher did some damaging things i i think in terms of some moves i still risk the line and played a lot better but i'm still still perplexed a little bit with all the money but we just mentioned how much defensemen get but when you have injuries like he did i i mean you can't i mean you lose your you lose a couple of guys like that it really does hammer you uh coming in so i think and chuck fletcher certainly deserves
2: credit for the drew trade i don't think anybody expected Owen Tippett to be what Owen Tippett was last season and then when you consider that Florida didn't a didn't win the cup with Drew and they didn't keep him I mean you really yeah that trade has to be applauded
1: right but the messaging during it was always bad Uh, like you know exactly it it, it just it didn't didn't sit right with what they were doing so this you know they're actually Danny Breer and Jonesy and you know they're in a good spot right now because as you, know, as you just mentioned, um, people like them. They really want them to succeed. Uh, they don't try to hide anything. And when your message is it's going to take a little while, you bought yourself some time. <laughs> so, so let's just see what, they, you know, what they've got. And in the meantime, Tortorella, his, his, his task will be to make them play really, really hard. So if you have a team like this, you're going to pay your money to go see him, or you're going to tune in to see him on television or listen to them. You want to know that the effort's there. And I, and I think that's what you have here. So this is a really unique situation. And I, I, I and I've covered the league a long time. I don't know that I've ever seen a coach with a chair at the management table, as much as I see with John Tortorella um, to almost send the message first and then have everybody buy in to to what he what he's doing like it'd be very difficult for a gm right now um to say you know with you know this is a great move we're gonna this what a year we're gonna have after the coach is is putting up you know warning signs everywhere and then we might slide backwards a little bit so that's why i think everybody's bought in but it's nice it, it it's nice to have a not just the flyers fan base but a a Philadelphia fan base w- w- tuning in now, listening now, viewing now, and looking looking at the Flyers now and saying, "Okay, let's see if they do this the right way. We're going to give them a bit of time here, but we now, for the first time in a couple of years, you know, we we've, we've got hope that they're going to get out of this thing."
2: Yeah, it's it. Jordan and I talked on this podcast a couple times. We did uh like the three priorities that Danny Briere had looking at the roster, and I thought the first domino to fall was going to be kevin hayes and then kind of after that dust settled you go from there i did think provarava's was going to be part of this i didn't think that would be first um because i i feel like the kevin hayes move is is coming and it's gonna have to include them giving up parting ways with other another asset in some way to entice a team to take him so um I, all, I wonder if this is part of that even.
1: Um, I don't know about, I mean, Hayes, the money, the, I mean, I assumed a pro grub just because, you know, Kevin Hayes hasn't said any, I mean, we all just assume, but he's never said anything to me that he, that he wants out, or he's really unhappy or anything. I think, I think when, remember when Danny Briere something came up and he and he mentioned Kevin as a centerman and I, I think that his value was a bit diminished playing him on a wing. Um, it's just, it devalues you and, and, and what, what you're worth uh, for in a trade or whatever. I, I still, much as he can be a defensive liability, I, I still think he's better in the middle. And, and, uh, and I think that's what you have to sell to another team on how are you going to use this guy? And I think Danny was pretty clever there. That's the first time I saw with a coach and a GM, like a, Coach had him as a wing, and like Dan's I like, was well, a center. Well, yeah, he's a center. If you're trying to trade him, especially, he's a center to, to, to get to get him moved out. So I think it'll. I think the trade, Joe's, the, the 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 draft is where things get done. And Hayes also ha- don't don't dismiss his um his likability throughout the league, which extends beyond players. Um, I mean, big time players that have impact with their management so i, I think somebody will more than be willing that, to take a risk on now maybe they have to take some money i don't know how that would work but i think it'll get i think at the deadline maybe he and d'angelo um you know you're looking at, a, at something like that i actually thought tony much as i appreciated his offensive part of his game um i i, I thought yeah this is this is the one that doesn't look like it's going to get fixed here Uh, probably he'll be the first one to go.
0: Well, I remember Danny Briere at the introductory press conference. He said the fans had his attention. I I think he now has the fans attention a lot more after this trade. And I think everyone probably fastened their seatbelt and said, let's see what's next and get ready for this, this summer of, of a lot of change. Well, Al, we're just so grateful that you were able to come on, and we couldn't have asked for a better person to break it down for us. We hope you join us again throughout the summer. Thanks so much.
1: All right. We'll be talking to you. Some more things are going to happen, so don't plan on that summer vacation, Joe.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, Joe. Stay put. stay put. Joe. No going anywhere. But, Joe, thanks so much as well. A big thank you to Tom Feiner, our video producer, and Ben Barry, our podcast producer, and Flyers fans, of course. As always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.